So we're going to be looking at a group of psalms called the imprecatory psalms today. So imprecatory psalms are psalms in which people are crying out for God's justice and judgment. And we need to spend a little bit of time just defining this and thinking about how do we, how do we engage with these types of psalms. The word imprecate means to call down evil or curses on someone. Yeah. So, which leads a lot of people to look at these psalms when they read them and go, whoa, this seems awfully harsh. Who is this God? Uh, to to really draw some wrong conclusions about who God is, I think. There are Christians who will try to avoid these. Or I saw a discussion about should we even consider these psalms to be part of God's inspired word? And the answer is yes, of course we should. But we, it, it really puts something on us to ask ourselves, how do we engage with these well? And I think a biblical perspective on these types of psalms goes beyond this simple definition of calling down curses on people. You certainly get that sense, though, from these psalms. Um, you'll find statements like this. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. Right? That's, that's taken from one of these psalms. How do, we, how do we respond to that? How do we engage with that? What is something like this doing in the Bible? And so I think there's a, a couple of things that we need to consider as we, as we try to fit these kinds of psalms into a biblical framework to engage, to have them fit with everything that we know about who God is and what he does. And the first thing I think is to remember what kind of literature this is. It's an important point for studying any part of the Bible. You need to ask yourself, am I reading a historical record like Chronicles and Kings? Or am I reading something like the Gospels, which are more biographical, or the letters that Paul wrote to the churches, those are more instructional for the church. Well, psalms are, as we've said, they're meant to be sung. They're songs. They're poetic. And poetic kind of literature speaks differently than other types of literature. And if we understand the kind of literature we're engaging with, we, we expect different things from it. These psalms are expressions of the human heart. They're the outpourings of feelings. And sometimes those outpourings of our feelings can be very strong. And whenever I think about this as I'm preparing this, I'm imagining you're, you're, you're late from work, you've had a rough week, and somebody swoops in from the left lane, cuts you off in traffic, and, and almost causes an accident. How do you respond to that? With anger, right? You're like, curses on you, right? It's in those moments. What's that? Colorful words. words sometimes, right? We don't, we're not always at our best in those moments. Even though we know we ought to respond in a different way, it's a fact of human nature that sometimes we do have those kinds of expressions. And I think it's important to understand that that is the place where some of these Psalms might be coming from. Begin by putting yourself in the place who someone of someone who has been wronged by someone. We've all experienced this to one level or another, but some people may have experienced long-term persecution. Um, we think about the nation of Israel and, and the, the constant state of war they were with, with the surrounding nations, nations that, that God had declared were evil, were not, I don't want to say evil, sinful and unrepentant. And he sent the Israelites in to drive them out. 
they're in a state of war with them. Um, so their their lives were at risk. I think about King David when his he was younger and and he had been declared king. The King Saul tried to kill him. How did that feel? That 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 feeling of being attacked and persecuted unjustly by another person. That's where some of these imprecatory psalms come from. That place of I'm upset and I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm scared because. Somebody is doing something to me and it's not right. Think about the kinds of emotions you experience in moments like that. Sometimes your your desire in those moments is to express vengeance. Right? You want something to be done to that other person to stop them from doing what they're doing to you. Sometimes you just want justice. This isn't fair. Somebody needs to do something, and, and it's really an expression of faith to say, God, I need you to do something. God, make, make things right here. These are valid emotions that we experience, even if it turns out that the injustice you felt in that moment really was just perceived injustice, right? Have you ever felt like somebody was attacking you, you were offended by something, and then you found out later, oh, actually, I just misunderstood, right? But in the moment... You're like, wait a minute, this isn't right. And you're calling for justice. And we have to ask ourselves, should, do we always act on the way that we're feeling in those moments? No. Should we act on the, mo- on the way we're feeling in those moments? Oftentimes not. But expressing them, saying out loud sometimes the way you feel is a, is a good outlet for what you're feeling. Even if you know you're not going to follow up on it. And I wonder if God inspired the psalmist to write these things down just so we can relate to the kinds of things that are being felt there. Um, you can also realize after you express something like this that, that God is probably not going to handle the situation in the way that we were thinking at that moment. Right? You may you may want you may call on, um, excuse me, you call someone your enemy in that moment and you want God to take them out, but you know that that's not how God responds. And that's the kind of category these psalms, I think, fit into. And you think also about someone who's experiencing prolonged attack or persecution, the kind of, kind of persecution that can go on throughout their entire life. How do they feel? What are they looking for? How They can feel empty and hopeless, but there's a faithfulness they express by taking those feelings to God and saying, God, I want you to fix this situation. Please, Lord, come and bring justice. They're looking for God to punish evil and to make things right. And just as much as we trust God to show us love and grace and mercy, we also want him to bring justice to unjust situations. There is evil in this world. It's not that the people themselves are evil, but people do evil things. And we want God to make things right, to punish the wicked, to set them straight. That's the area of life that these psalms fit into. I also think about what it means for God to judge other people. What is the goal there? Right In our anger and frustration, we may immediately want some sort of vengeance. We, want, may God, we may want God to do to somebody else what has been done to us, but 
knowing all that Jesus has done for us, knowing how he's offered his life for all people, and that we all sin and that we all deserve to be put to death, but that God loves us in spite of our sin, what do you think would be a valid reason in, in knowing all that for God to punish some act of sin? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Right, if you don't obey the word, these things will happen to you. Yeah. Right. And how does that... There is. It's not like, yeah, it's not like God doesn't warn us that there's problem. If you're going to engage in sin, you're going to you're going to face judgments and trials. Absolutely. And that's that's what I was thinking. And sometimes that judgment's necessary to wake someone up to say, "Oh, I am sinning. I need to repent." Right? And some so sometimes it could actually be a, a loving kind of thing for us to do, to go to God rather than us taking vengeance on a person saying, God, I want you to judge this person for what they're doing in order that they could see their sin. And perhaps they would repent of their sin and turn their lives around. And so God's punishment of someone for something they're doing isn't always just about attacking them, hurting them, making them pay, it might be about helping them see, helping them become aware of the truth so that they can come back. So I think that us, excuse me, knowing that now now, now that we have lived past Jesus' coming, that we know of God's grace and his plan of salvation, that we can be aware as we read these Psalms of how calling for God to judge someone might also be an act of love to help them change, not just rain down horror on them, Lord, but help them, help them to see. So those are the kinds of thoughts I have as we start thinking about these imprecatory psalms and how they can fit into a a biblical framework, how maybe we can see them in a different way than our initial reading that, that can seem awfully harsh. So let's take a look at some of these this morning. I did send you a list this morning of all of these that we're going to be looking at. I'm sure there are more. Um, here's the list as well on the screen. Uh, we'll see how many we get through today. But I want to start with Psalm 59. It's a f- not too short, but fairly short one that gives you an example of the kind of psalm that we're, we're talking about today. So we'll start with 59. 59. It says in the introduction that this was um, for the director of music to the tune of Do Not Destroy of David when Saul had sent men to watch David's house in order to kill him. So there's the, there's the perspective. This is about the moment when David was being surrounded by Saul's men and they're trying to kill him. It says, Deliver me from my enemies, O God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from evildoers and save me from bloodthirsty men. 
See how they lie in wait for me. Fierce men conspire against me for no offense or sin of mine, O Lord. I have done no wrong, and yet they are ready to attack me. Arise to help me. Look at my plight. O Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, rouse yourself to punish all the nations and show mercy to wicked or show no mercy to wicked traitors. They return at evening, snarling like dogs, and prowl around the city. See what they spew from their mouths. They spew out swords from their lips, and they say, Who can hear us? But you, O Lord, laugh at them. You scoff at all these nations. O my strength, I watch for you. You, O God, are my fortress, my loving God. God will go before me and will let me gloat over those who slander me. But do not kill them, O Lord, our shield, or my people will forget. In your might, make them wander about and bring them down. For the sins of their mouths, for the words of their lips, let them be caught in their pride. For they curse, for the curses and lies they utter, consume them in wrath. Consume them till they are no more. Then it will be known to the ends of the earth that God rules over Jacob. They return at evening, snarling like dogs, and prowl around the city. They wander about for food and howl if not satisfied. But I will sing of your strength in the morning. I will sing of your love. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. O my strength, I sing praise to you, O God. You are my fortress, my loving God. So, any thoughts you have as you hear that one? How do you see this as an expression of faith in the Lord? Yeah, he's not going to take matters. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's 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 a really powerful expression of self-control, honestly, and faith. I'm not going to attack. He did ask God not to kill them, right? He's really asking them, asking God to let their own sin consume them, right? Let let let, it, let them be aware that their own sin is is causing their harm. But yeah, don't kill them, Lord. Let let their sin be known. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are good reflections. Yeah. There's so much in this where you can see is just calling on and trusting in the Lord, even in the midst of physical danger. And I think about that in our world today, right? In so many situations, if, if somebody hurts you, right, the cultural expectation is you're going to hurt them back and you're going to make them pay for what they did to you, right? And you have a right to do that because of what they did to you. That's, that's what our culture will tell you. But a, a faithful response says, no, wait, I, I'm going to call on the Lord. I, would, I need the Lord to protect me. I want the Lord to do justice, but I'm not going to do it myself. 
I'm going to let him decide how to deal with this. I'm going to let him bring justice to the situation. Very good. Let's take a look at, oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Kind of changes the perspective on things, yeah. Yeah. Let's take a look at Psalm 54 next. This is again of David. When the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, is not David hiding among us? And it's again, that it's still that whole situation where Saul was trying to get David it says, Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. He has delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. Any thoughts as you read that one? I don't know. Right? I don't know. Yeah, that's the way I read it, but I don't know for sure. Right? There's so many moments in life where we can remember how God has delivered us in the past and use that as faith going forward. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I found as I was reading through this one thinking about how this might apply, how we might feel a similar thing to what David is expressing here in our world today as Christians living in a what many would call a post-Christian, almost anti-Christian culture. Do you feel like strangers are attacking you for your faith at times? Maybe, maybe you've experienced it personally. Maybe it just feels like the whole world is against you because of your faith. And do you ever feel like crying out to God, save me, Lord, vindicate me by your might, right? Show these people that it's good to be faithful to you. And how many times have we wanted, Lord, to take down those influences in our world that are promoting evil? Right? Do we feel a similar kind of thing that's being expressed here? Like, Lord, stop this. And so I think we, I think we can relate to the, a similar kind of thing at a different level. Our lives might not be at stake yet, right? There may come a time you don't know. Christians have experienced it. They, they experience another place of the world where their lives are at stake. But we can certainly relate to that feeling. As it feels like the whole world is against us and. Yet we turn to the Lord. We trust that He sustains us. And we ask Him 
to show those people who are promoting evil and sin the error of their ways to let them experience the 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 fallout of the of the choices that they're making and we continue to trust the lord because he has delivered us that's how i see that as well becky and i think about how god has been faithful to us and he will continue to be faithful Any other thoughts on that one before we go to another one? I put these in a different order than I put them on the screen just because I'm trying to get through a few of them. Some of them are quite long, so I don't know if we'll read all, all of them. Let's go to Psalm 120 next. 120. This one says, I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. Save me, O Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. What will he do to you, and what more besides, O deceitful tongue? He will punish you with a warrior's sharp arrows, with burning coals from the broom tree. Woe to me that I dwell in Mesa, and that I live among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am a man of peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Any thoughts as you read that one? Many of these express similar things, so we may not have a whole lot more to say about them, but it's it's nice just to read different expressions of her. Okay. Oh. Sure. Yeah. Yep. a powerful expression. I think that's, I think a lot, a lot of us can relate to that, right? You see a world that is full of people who are just quick to hate, quick to attack. And you're like, why? Why do we do this to another? Why do we keep escalating in all the, the, the violence and, and hatred toward one another and the division? And how frustrating that can be to be someone who, to, who desires peace, who wants to see a different path, but you just can't seem to find it. 
Yeah, I think that's great. Why don't we take a look next at Psalm 35. It's a little bit longer one. So I'll go ahead and read the whole thing and then see if we have any reflections on that. I'll start wrapping up here. Contend, contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take up shield and buckler. Arise and come to my aid. Brandish spear, spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. May those who seek my life be disgraced and put to shame. May those who plot my ruin be turned back in dismay. May they, may they be like chaff before the wind with the angel of the Lord driving them away. May their path be dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. Since they hid their net for me without cause and without cause dug a pit for me, may ruin overtake them by surprise. May the net they hid entangle them. May they fall into the pit to their ruin. Then my, my soul will rejoice in the Lord and delight in his salvation. My whole being will exclaim, Who is like you, O Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and needy from those who rob them. Ruthless witnesses come forward. They question me on things I know nothing about. They repay me evil for good and leave my soul forlorn. Yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. When my prayers returned to me unanswered, I went about mourning as though my friend, for my friend or brother. I bowed my head in grief as though weeping for my mother. But when I stumbled, they gathered in glee. Attackers gathered against me when I was unaware. They slandered me without ceasing. Like the ungodly, they maliciously mocked. They gnashed their teeth at me. O Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue my life from their ravages, my precious life from these lions. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among throngs of people, I will praise you. Let not those gloat over me who are my enemies without cause. Let not those who hate me without reason maliciously wink the eye. They do not speak peaceably, but devise false accusations against those who live quietly in the land. They gape at me and say, Aha! Aha! With our own eyes we have seen it. O Lord, you have seen this. Be not silent. Do not be far away from me, O God. Awake and raise to my defense. Contend for me, my God and Lord. Vindicate me in your righteousness, O, God, o Lord, my God. Do not let them gloat over me. Do not let them think, Aha! Just at what we wanted. Or say, We have swallowed him up. May all who gloat over my distress be put to shame and confusion. May all who exalt themselves over me be clothed with shame and disgrace. May those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, The Lord be exalted, who delights in the well-being of his servant. My tongue will speak of your righteousness and of your praises all day long. And I think that one really captures a lot of what we've talked about, about the, the, the value of these psalms. You see somebody in distress because there are people who are doing unfair things to them. They're experiencing that, that hopelessness, that frustration, that fear, and they're calling out to the Lord for help. And yeah, we might call on God to do harm to those who are harming us because we're so desperate for help. 
But even in the end here, they write, may they always say, the Lord be exalted. He says, may those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. I'm sorry. He's talking about those who delight in, in his vindication. I read that wrong. But he wants those who gloat over his distress to be put to shame and confusion. That's how we feel in those moments when wrong is being done to us. And it does happen. We do experience this kind of thing. And so it's, it's good that God gives us a framework for how to take those things to him and faithfully trust him to take care of those things for us. Any other comments on this psalm or any of the other psalms before we start to wrap up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's 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 kind of interesting when you read through these. You always we tend to put ourselves in the person in the position of the innocent person initially, right? But we're not innocent. None of us. We always have to be checking ourselves. And so, thanks for sharing that. Sometimes we need to be looking like. Right. Right. That's, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good self-reflection question. Who might be calling on God to rescue them from me? That's <laughs> a, a humbling yet important question to ask. And so I think thanks for sharing that. I think that's a good way for us to wrap this up is remember that sometimes we're the one who God needs to pour out his justice on the one that he needs to correct. And we should receive that humbly and re with repentance. Let's not be the, the evildoer who is unrepentant and says, nope, I've done everything right because that's going to produce even more harm. Let's let God correct us. So thanks for sharing that. So I hope this has helped you kind of build some framework around these types of psalms. 
I know we haven't gotten through all of them, and there, and there may be some even more challenging ones in there for us to wrestle with, but all of this is God's Word. As we've said, all of this is important for our life and following the Lord and understanding who He is. And all of these psalms are valid expressions of how we experience life and the kinds of things that we may call out to God to do. Um, and it's okay, even if we, it turns out we're asking God to do things that are not within his character. He understands why we're coming from that place. And he may correct us. He probably will need to correct us, and, but we are going to have those moments. So why don't we go ahead and give thanks to the Lord for the ways that he has given us to express ourselves. And then let's express ourselves with thanksgiving with our closing song today. <laughs>